0: Well, hello, Burnout to All Out community. So excited for you guys to listen in to this episode today. Mary McNeil is just an incredible speaker. You're going to love her energy, her humor, and everything about her journey, From working for someone else and looking, literally looking at her future if she does not take action by looking at her current boss, sitting at his desk, eating his egg McMuffin, reading the paper while she's doing all the work, you're going to be so inspired by the radical changes that she made and how she was able to really grow her business by over 450% by implementing the techniques and strategies that she has curated over her journey as working in the psychotherapy arena and all things sales. So I really am excited for you guys to just tune in and hear her story about the boundaries she put out, how she encourages women to just be bold and show up fully and just grab everything they want without... Apologizing for it and feeling guilt free. Have fun listening to this one, guys. Hey, gang. I'll bring you inspiring all-out guests, lifestyle business tips, and tools to empower you to take the leap from burnout employee to all-out entrepreneur, making your passion your paycheck. If this mom of three, corporate burnout, can go all out, so can you. All right. Good morning, guys. Good afternoon, depending on where you are in the country or world. So excited to have Mary Bicknell here today. How's it going? Yes. Welcome, welcome. Oh my gosh, this is gonna be a fun interview. Sister from another mother, slightly different um path, but sounds very similar. So really quick, Mary, before we get started, and as people are jumping on, um, because we're streaming live in a couple of different Facebook groups and Hey everybody, good morning. I got my puppy. I'm ready to talk. Yes, me too. I've had two cups worked out, like ready to get. There you go. Okay, so let's get the formal stuff out of the way. So, I have here that Mary is a speaker, an author, and a podcaster to lead a life uncommon, right? Um, and a former psychotherapist. I'm interested to unpack that a little bit and learn a little bit more about it. Turned personal development coach and leadership mentor for women who want more out of life and out of themselves. I, I wrote here that Mary takes a stand for women choosing to be bold showing up fully, grabbing everything they want personally and professionally, and doing so all unapologetically and guilt-free. Love this. Love this. So welcome, welcome. We're so excited. Hey, Melissa, thanks for having me. Yes. So let's just jump right in. I love just jumping right in. So you've, you know, you've got a, a professional background that I want to unpack because you haven't always worked for yourself. Correct. You've always been badass, maybe, but maybe you have definitely that (laughs) you are today, right? So can you, you know, you haven't always worked for yourself. So take us back to when you were employed. Tell me a little bit about your career. You know, I hear I see that you were a psychotherapist. You've also been a sales trainer. I want to actually get into that in a little bit too. How how you've been able to leverage those two. But tell us about where you were before being this badass coach entrepreneur that you are today?
1: I think I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, right? So, you know, whether it was like the very first thing when I was like 18 years old and I was like selling Alouette, which nobody probably even remembers what that was, but that was like direct selling back in the day. I moved out before I graduated, but went on to get all these degrees, including a degree in interior design, which people are like, how do you skip this? Here's the, I'll answer that question on the front end. It's like the way my brain works, and this is really a, a, a point. People need to understand how do you work? How does your brain function at its best? Me, you can just give me reams of information and I can pull the thread to find the quickest path to the goal. So whether it's t- interior design or business or what have you, or, me- or mindset. Um, but then ultimately, I've had my business for eight years online, but the last real job I had as a clinician. So as a, I'm a clinical social worker, I still carry my license. So what does that mean? It means that I've been in every single possible mental health setting that you could throw at me. Home health, numerous psych hospitals, geriatric psych. I was a behavioral trainer for 25 nursing homes across Baltimore, including inner city. Like I did it all. I was like the, like save the world. I love people. Let me help them. All the things. Um, and then I had a job where I was sitting in a cubicle, which I can't even believe I'm saying that now. And this is the moment. And it's like, it's so clear all these years later. But I had a boss. His name's Cliff Anderson. And I tell his name because no one's ever going to, you know, nobody knows that. So his name is Cliff. But he was that guy that would come back from lunch with his gross, like his beard, not the cool, funky beard. I live in Portland, Oregon, where, you know, we have the quaffed beards, right? Um, But he came back in and he was like frumpy and and he would have like the sauce du jour, like Taco Tuesday and like, you know, fajita Friday on his shirt. And I remember thinking that guy is in charge of my financial future and I'm smarter than him. And, you know, but I was single at the time and I'd been divorced and, you know, I owned a house and I needed a, a, a job and, you know, I I worked a ton. But between him and then the guy right on the other side of my cubicle, Richard, every morning, every morning, Melissa, he would come into work with his McDonald's bag, his egg McMuffin, his coffee in the paper, and he would sit his ass there and read it while I was like working. So he'd be over there for like a good hour, sipping his coffee, and I'm like, you know, because whether I'm working for someone or working for myself, like I'm gonna get stuff done, right? And I thought. Oh, Never. Ne- I never, like, I want to be in charge of my own financial future. I don't want to work for somebody. I don't want to be pissed every day I go to work having to smell his McDonald's coffee and Egg McMuffin. <laughs> so that was, like, truly a catalyst for change, right, for me, for for saying, what can I do to be reliant on myself? And I could go on with all the stories. But, you know, we all have those stories, right, when we work for someone where we look at them and we think, oh my God, you know, do I want to be with this person for the next 20 years? No. I love that. And I've heard it positioned in that way before that, you know,
0: looking, looking at your boss or looking at the leadership that you aspire to be, like, cause I came from corporate and you you look at the people who are in the roles you aspire to rank up to, and you see the lifestyle they're living or the lack of quality of life. Right. And you're like, that's where I'm headed if I don't take control. So I love that. I absolutely love that. So help me understand, because I'm really curious how you took this psychotherapist background and how does that lie in with the sales training? I'm just curious, given I have some sales background too. Uh,
1: I'm curious how you were able to kind of marry the two. You know, it's all psychology, right? I mean, sales is psychology and sales is first the psychology of who we are and bringing our money mindset to the table and where are we leveraging, you know, our own stories. You know, it's like that hidden, all our hidden thoughts around money and success. We need to clean that up before we can train other people, before we can teach other people how to be effective salespeople. Just like in my business now, when I'm working with clients and we're talking about, you know, they're like, oh, I didn't close this deal. Well, why? Let's, you know, and and it's always first you. Right. First, you is that is the issue. And so, really, that's what it is, you know, and it's, it's, that's the, that's the fun conversation, right? The psychology around it. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so good.
0: So, what So define for me exactly what a psychotherapist is. Yeah.
1: So because I'm a clinical social worker, I define, I call myself a psychotherapist. And really what that, and we all do, right? Whether it's your different, there's different licensures in in the mental health arena. But because mine is social work, people are like, oh my God, are you taking children away from their parents? And so... You know, the the people get a little clearer idea as far as psychotherapists, really, which is, you know, um, I'm a therapist or I was a therapist who work with people with mental health disorders. And mm-hmm. I worked with now I had a private practice where people would come in with like, I want to I don't want to minimize, but I'll say more mental health light, if you will. And probably the, back then they needed coaching honestly, they needed coaching more than therapy. And today, by the way, I'm a big believer in not everybody needs a therapist, but pretty much everybody needs a coach, right? To help them get to the next level of whatever it is. But my um, position as a clinician working in psych hospitals, a lot of my, for for years, in fact, working in true psych hospitals with people with significant mental health disorders, bipolar, manic, um, schizophrenic. It was fat. I I love the way the brain works, whether it's a dysfunction or whether it's like today with clients, right? It's like, it's still working with the brain. It's still working with how you think. It just happens that chemically, the people with significant mental health disorders, that's a a little different. Mm. Mm.
0: That's so good. I love that. That's so good. So And thank you for clarifying. I'm I'm constantly learning. So I want to understand. So you're at this moment, okay, where you were looking at your boss and you're like, okay, that's, that. I'm smarter than this guy. I'm curious, did you start building your side? Did you start building your business on the side while you kept the revenue or the income? Or did you cold turkey leave? Talk to us about that. Yeah. So, before you left, like, talk me through how this manifested from being there to walking out.
1: Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, marriage happened in there. So, I got married, and then I ended up moving across the country. So, I live in Oregon now, and and made the decision that I didn't want to start a private practice here in Oregon, but I wanted to do something. So, I always kind of dabbled in something entrepreneurial. But the business that I have today, which is eight years old, it's which is like so shocking that it's eight years old. I started at, well, the reason I wanted to not get into any other business and I wanted my name, com is because I didn't want to lean on anybody. I didn't want to get a job working for someone. I didn't want to just even have a private practice and be reliant on insurance and all of these kind of things. Like I wanted to forge the path. I wanted to see what it would be like to see, like really here's the bottom line, blow my own freaking mind. Like what do I need to do to blow my own freaking mind? So I decided, oh, I, and this sounds crazy, but I was like, I've heard about this coaching thing. Oh my God, what is that? Is that a bunch of people who is just like, they want to be therapists, but they can't be therapists and like all this. And I I have to be candid. I had a real snob factor around it. Like, oh, I have three degrees in a clinical license. I've worked at Hopkins. I've been in the Capitol and I've lobbied people. Like I had such a snot about it. And, you know, of course, there's an influx right now through because of COVID. Right. So they're yes. different. There is a different quality, if you will. That's could be another conversation. Yes. But it's like, you know, really making the decision that I wanted to work for myself. So I started being a relationship. Oh, in fact, I have my card here and I always share my card. I was the relationship tour guide. I wanted every woman to feel loved, honored, and adored every single day because I'm happily married. And but then I got to the point, I don't really want to talk about this all day long. I don't want to talk about you and your husband. I want to talk about what I want you to be independent. And that's really the whole mission about my entire company is like, how can women be financially sovereign? How can women be emotionally free, right? And and like I was saying, do whatever the hell you want to do, whenever you want to do it, unapologetically and guilt-free. Because we have so much attachment to our own success, our own ambition. Like, ambitious women, like, that's a, you know, it's frowned upon. Yes, want to be ambitious. There's that inside of us. And yet we're pulled back by all of the stories, all the, I don't know, be a good girl. Don't be bitchy. Don't speak up. That's aggressive. You have all that. And that is the thing I want to talk about all day long. That's the goal with my group is really having women rise up and feel good about Wanting to be ambitious. And whatever that looks like, it's not everybody who doesn't want to make hundreds of millions of dollars. You might want to make a half a million dollars. You might want to make whatever it, it is. Mm-hmm. And maybe part of your ambition is to have the free time to do whatever you want to do. Like, you know, I have a 15 and a half year old. I want to, like, she's going to be gone like that. I can't even believe it. It's almost gone already. You know, I'm like, eh, don't get me crying. um But I want the free time to do whatever I can with her. Yeah. Yeah just happens that my business is successful enough that I own two homes. You know, I bought one cash last year on the river. I live in an incredible home. I was able to restore this home. It's a historic home, oh, cool. um, half a million dollar restoration. So it's like, I want women to do that kind of thing. Like they don't have to do what I did, but I want them to do what they want to do, whatever that looks like. That's nice.
0: I love this. And I just, I want to go down in a rabbit hole for a minute. About the mindset with women and success because I see it a lot myself because I also coach, and it's it's ninety eight percent women that are highly successful. And we even went into a circuitous conversation with someone yesterday who's concerned that they can't excel anymore for fear of the fact that their spouse won't come along this journey with them. That you know my my spouse you know I I I can't grow further. I can't do this because my spouse is not on the same wavelength with me. I'm outgrowing him. Yes. I'm outgrowing him. Can you speak to that? Because I do think women, um, you know, suffer or what's the word I want to use? agonize over this. I mean, even myself this past year, scaling my business beyond seven figures, there was a little bit of tension and rub between my husband and I, not that he wasn't excited that I was succeeding but it was kind of a competitiveness with his own success track and time competition cuz he's the future president of his company and it's like all of a sudden it's like oh you can't think you you have to travel again oh oh and i'm so
1: i'm interested in your you know if you want to speak to them i love this conversation yes There's so many places to go with that, but here's the thing. I believe, so I I like to talk about these five blind spots, but the number one blind spot is our fear of judgment of other people. And that could include your lover, your spouse, your mother, your sister, your whatever. And out of our fear of judgment, right, it's primal. We have to understand the way the brain works, it's primal. And so we're out in the cold, which could mean like the more I'm successful, the more people are like, there, there. We're not in the tribe, right? We're not in together. We're not together, and that's a terrifying place to be, right? Especially if you're outgrowing the man, right? Because all of our social norms, if you will, which are changing, let's not be in denial; they're changing. However, it's also that all of us, depending on our age, right? It's generational too. You, you, you know, a lot of younger women are not having such the same conversation. But yes, definitely, it's it's a primal thing not to be left out. And so many that my clients too—they're already highly successful, and they've hit this wall. Because if they go through the, if they break through the wall, then it's like, what's on the other side? And here's the thing: I just want to give to everybody. On the other side are all of us who are really successful, waiting, just ready to say, "Come on over to the other side; it's all good." But until you bust through that, it's terrifying because we don't want to outgrow our, we don't want to necessarily quote outshine our man. Right. Um, I'm in. My husband's a retired Marine, so I'm I'm very traditional on many levels. In my business, I'm the badass. Like I talk fast, I walk fast. I'm not the same. Totally, my spouse, who actually is is building a company because of the success of my company, he can build one. But it's it's the fear of being judged by your partner, let go by your partner, and you're going to be alone. And so, what's success if you're alone? It means nothing.
0: Right. Right. Oh, my gosh. So, so good. And so true. It's so true. It's it's really, it's, a, it's just an interesting topic for so many women. So do you have any advice on that? I know that, I mean, it's not like you can solve the problem in, in two days, but for the women who are, you know, limiting
1: themselves for fear of success, I mean, do you have any? Yeah, I do. I don't. Totally. Let's talk about it. So here's one of the things I always suggest with clients, um, and and you can go in hindsight is 2020, where you're like, oh my gosh, you can still do this. One of the things I talk a lot about are the hidden thoughts around money and success. And this is a guide that I give to people. I'm happy to give it to your audience, but it's really sitting down first with yourself and understanding your own money story, understanding what did you hear in your household? What does your mom say? What is your community say, where they like the man makes the money, you know, don't try to like a woman's in the home or whatever it is. Like once you have clarity on what story is programmed that you might not even be conscious of, Mm -hmm. once you get that clear, then it's time to have your husband do the same thing. Right, so so I love to give people a little money mindset quiz and and have them go through that themselves, get clarity around that, and then do it with their their spouse. So that we have, I think, knowledge is powerful when you can realize, like, oh, in my house, growing up as the man, like you know, if I I was told like do a good job, you're responsible for the health, wealth, and you know, of your family, and we forget too, right, that men have been programmed as well and mm-hmm. so we need to be able to come together and be articulate about this and ask the question because i remember when i first started my business and this is all these years ago and i remember saying to my husband one day people are going to pay me 300 dollars an hour which i make more than that now but that's beside the point right. and he's like 300 an hour He did not talk like that right, right. The point yes we had to have a real conversation around yeah. what does this mean right and here's one of the things that I want to just here I'm going to side note something. You know, here's here's what I here's a mistake I made in the beginning around money with my husband. I really was like, I'm going to work really hard so my husband can retire and do whatever he wants to do. <sighs> don't do that. I'm just going to say don't do that. We all this this falls back into the like women taking care of everybody. Right. Do build your own business for yourself so that yeah. you are solid. See what you're made of. Don't use your spouse as a reason or a catalyst to build your business so that he can retire. But let me tell you, that doesn't motivate you most of the time to get out of bed. Yes, that you know, or paying like I'm going to pay off of my debt and then my and retire my husband. That's not motivating. I want to yeah. encourage you to be motivated by like blowing your own freaking mind. See what the hell you're capable of doing. That that's a different day, my friends such
0: a good point it's interesting um my business coach uh was sharing actually online not too long ago and she's got a phenomenal relationship with her husband and she makes millions and he's been at home and supported her business for a really long time and um he's recently launching his own business which is amazing but it was through a lot and i'm not sharing anything she's not really public about but this is really a really valid point is he and spoken really openly since they've worked really, really hard on the marriage over the past couple of years, that exactly what you said, he said that you stating that you retired me, he's like, from a masculine standpoint, men want to have purpose and they want to have direction and they want to feel like they're providing. And so for me to come home and support your business, although on the outside, it seems like A great strategy. He said there was nothing more demasculine than masculinating, right? It's masculinating. There we go. Then saying something like that. So I thought it was so awesome. I love what you said. And this is what they've done is you've kind of you've flipped the coin on its head and say, no, I'm actually just creating some more space for him to go pursue and build what he wants to, right?
1: right? I love that. I love that. And we can be inspiring. You know, my husband being a retired Marine, like he loves team, you know. I don't love team. I'm going to be candid. I am I'm. I always say like, there's no I in team. I'm just one of those people that like head down. Now, I have a team. I'm not saying I don't have people that support me in my business. We all need that. Right. But I'm like, I'm the visionary. I'm the one. But he likes to collaboration and that kind of thing. And so, you know, it was a challenge for him to be and become an entrepreneur. And he's launched an incredible software company. It's like, it's it's really good let's just say it's really really amazing what he's doing um but yes it's giving that space so sure be able to give your partner space to have some freedom to do what they want to do but don't do that that like yeah it's like i i'm doing this for you it's not a it's not a good vibe
0: hey there we're gonna take a brief little interruption i think you guys will love why i'm doing this little interruption And that is because we hear from you all the time over in the Burnout to All Out community on our Facebook page. You've got questions, you want coaching. And so, one of the things we are opening up to our Burnout to All Out community that are listening in right now to this podcast is a chance to get your questions answered in a live hot seat coaching session with me, yours truly, Melissa Henault, in our Burnout to All Out community. And the audio will be recorded. And you will be debuted in our podcast with your questions. So, if that piques your curiosity and you're intrigued, here's the deal. All you have to do is text the word question, again, text the word question to the number 1 310 7171. Again, text the word question to 1833 310 7171 and when you do that we will come back to you with another message asking you to submit your question two to three lucky people will be selected every single week to be featured in my facebook community and on my podcast looking forward to hearing from you guys yeah such good advice such good advice okay so what I want to ask you now and kind of unpack is that you left your career, started your business. And one of the things I was reading about that you stated is once you honed in on these certain skills, you were able to grow your business by like 450%. And now you're teaching and coaching your your methods to what you've been able to do. So can you talk about that journey and how you were able to, you know, progress from being these humble beginnings of a Brady Watch for your to going, you know, growing your business 450%. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I think it, and I've thought a lot about this, right? I've thought, like, you know, am I different? Can I not do this? No, my, all my clients, like, it, there is a methodology and there, there is a process. And really the process is dismantling and shedding all our limiting construct of who we are as our identity. And so, and then rebuilding an identity of the woman that we want to be. Right. And we have it backwards so many, so much, right. It's kind of like this. It's like, we, we often say, well, if I have all the money and you know, I could do that work, I could hire that team, Mary, and then I could be really successful. And here's the thing. Money is not going, now look, money, I'm not going to poo poo money, by the way. Like I like to talk about money and I like money. I'm not a big conspicuous consumption person just because I have two homes. I'm not that. But it's like, it gives me opportunity, right? And so the thing is, though, you have to really first like like yourself. And you have to first um, value what you have to say and your thought leadership and and identify what successes you've had. I always like to give clients, and everybody here try this, is like, you know, get a piece of paper out. and put across the top 100 successes here's what I have found to be true. Most of us who are highly educated, highly successful, et cetera, the the first 20, it's all like, well, I have three degrees and I've got a master's degree and I've got this and I've got that. And it's all that kind of stuff. And we forget it's all the other small things that are the stepping stones. We remove that. And so one of the things that happens when you hit that wall of success is remembering who you've been through those times And that you have the power to then be the woman who overcomes and busts through the wall. So it really is about creating the identity first and loving who you are first. Because look, getting to a million, getting to five million, getting to whatever, a hundred thousand, whatever your number is, we all think in the beginning. Oh my God, when I make my first hundred, 500, whatever, we think that's going to be the magic thing. And we're going to be skipping through life. And man, we're going to hire the chef and like all the things. And you get there and you think, oh my God, I'm the same damn person. So you have to be the person who's happy with themselves first, because otherwise really all that doesn't matter. Right. Right. I love talking strategy and money and mindset and all that. The first thing that I always do with clients is it's the biz trifecta. I call it the biz trifecta: mindset, plan, and systems. It doesn't matter how good the plan is, how good the strategy is, if the mindset and your love of yourself and oh, your love of your identity, and you can create a new identity. That's the thing that I think people forget. It's like you're not stuck. when when we're not, I'm stuck. I'm like, you know what? You're not stuck. That's the lie. You keep telling yourself to keep yourself where you are. Do anything different. Yes. Anything different. You woke up at eight o'clock and get up at seven, right? it's like anything different shifts things. And you can, so like, think about what do you want to be your evolved self? I love talking about your evolved self. She's there now in you. She's there now in you. Yes. Your job is to acknowledge that. Oh, I have chills. And this chokes me up every time. I have to be candid because this is such the gift. I'm so honored to work with my clients and see this, you know, it's like you see the death of who they were and then the birth of who they really are. And it's a gift. It's truly a gift. Yes. Oh my gosh. So true. And I see the
0: tears in your eyes. It is absolutely. And I, you know, I for one can attest to this. I, I am a completely different person than I was two years ago, and it started with hiring experts to help me get my mindset in the right space. When I hired my first business coach at a really high ticket price, and I nearly barfed. Right, we had to the money over, but I knew I finally had come to the point that in order to raise my lid and go where I wanted to go, I was going to have to invest, and someone had gone before me, right? Yeah. And. I remember when I first hired her, I thought I was hiring a business coach. And like the first three sessions, she was totally in my effing head. And the first couple of sessions, I'm like, this is so dumb. Like, I'm here to grow my business. I was still very much in my masculine energy. Came from corporate America, where it was just like hustle and grind and like metrics and numbers. And like, I just need to work harder. Uh And it's amazing to your point, like two years later, looking back at the woman I was, and I love her and I appreciate her, but it, like, is everyone, I know that everyone in life, but especially in business, needs to invest in a coach. Right. Get get clear
1: between their ears what they're truly capable of. Do you follow Joe Dispenza at all? I've read some of his work. In fact, I think there's a new one out. or may, I don't know if it's new. Something like How to Be Supernatural. And I just downloaded that the other day.
0: Reading it right now. So that just made me think like all the, the point he makes that really resonates with what you're saying is that if we can worry ourselves into thinking, you know, think of an of a undesirable future, which is what most people do, which wreaks havoc on your health. Then why can't you visualize and physiologically and emotionally live in a future that you desire instead? Right. And so that's kind of what I hear you saying. And it's it's incredible. It's incredible that shift in mindset. So I the work you're doing, I applaud you tremendously. Thank you. Uh, Are you a social seller out there looking to beat the summer slump, looking for some accountability? to grow your business and find the business builders of your dreams that want to run with you. Guys, if that's you, look no further than our in five day inside scoop, where we are going to be taking you soup to nuts through growing your brand and creating attraction marketing on the LinkedIn platform. I'm going to teach you some of the critical tools I use to grow my social selling business and my coaching business. The coolest part about it, it's completely free. You just have to jump over to my Burnout to All Out Facebook community and get registered today. Or you can go to my website, www.livethefreelife.co. We'll put this in the show notes. But guys, take a listen to some of my former students and how they're doing and their experience inside the LinkedIn training. So what I've done is through Melissa's training is i define my avatar. I speak clearly to my avatar. They respond back. We immediately connect. And did you ever work with someone on as a business builder and you think, gosh, we're like worried right in sync. Like we're talking the same talk. We're walking the same walk. It becomes so much easier. So well, let me ask you, there's two questions I love to ask. Yeah, um, around business development and really growing your empire. So the first one is what what is, do you feel has been your biggest accomplishment to date and scaling this amazing business that you have to serve other
1: entrepreneurs? The biggest accomplishment to date, you know, that's such like a big question. And so let just give me one second here. Right. Yeah. It's just like because I, I feel like there's many. Yeah, I think and I, I'm most proud of. I think that the thing that I'm most proud of, to, to be candid, it, and I, I'm glad that you said that, by the way, because that's really a word that I choose to think about. Like, how do I, when I put my head on the pillow at night, how do I want to feel proud? And we're told not to feel proud. So I think my biggest accomplishment is allowing myself to acknowledge what the hell I've created and not just who I caught poo pooing it, right? Minimizing like, Oh, well, anybody can create like a you know a seven figure like exciting business where I work three days a week. you know? Like no, that's not true. That is not true, necessarily. Mm-hmm. And not if you're not gonna do the work. And there's been plenty, of, I think the thing is, like, you know, I love I call it machine mode. So there's times I like to be in machine mode. really, i that's really your zone of genius where you're just like coming along and it's all cool and everything. And but you can fry with that. So my part of that accomplishment is acknowledging what I've accomplished. And doing it without thinking I have to like grind myself out, grind and grit and fall down. And that it had like I had to really reprogram my thinking around hard work and worthiness. And I'm gonna tell you, I think that's one of my biggest accomplishment because that is hard. That was gonna hard work reprogramming. Yes. Like, what does it mean? I call it like the crazy busy badge of honor. I had a big ass badge. Um, oh, and, I, and I was like, so everybody like take your right hand on your lip shoulder and like yank that badge off. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Recovering busy
0: addict myself. Yeah. Right. I remember last year, my coach said, Melissa, you're, you're obsessed with the word busy. And so you're not allowed to use it anymore. And like, I wasn't conscious of how often I was saying it till I was called out on it. So now I
1: use the word blessed.
0: Right. So I'm not so busy. I'm so blessed.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. You get to do these things. It's not like I have to do this thing. No, actually you don't have to do shit. You don't have to do anything. It's right. Get to. Yeah, build a business. You get to work with these clients. You get to design a life. You get to make money doing things that you love. You get to do these things. And women have the best opportunity we've ever had in all of history. And where I get my panties up in a wad is where people are like, oh, and and then. then." like, I don't even want to hardly hear it. I have to be candid because I'm just like, I mean, a hundred years ago, you know, barely a hundred years ago, women couldn't vote. Yes. Like We're standing on the shoulders of, of women's like sweat and tears and sacrifice. Don't minimize that. And yet we are doing the same thing for generations to come. Oh, I like when it's bigger than us. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It was I read recently and
0: maybe you, you knew this, but women were not even allowed to take out a business loan in their name until 1988. Can you even? That was not that long ago, right? So I hear you. I'm right here with you. So when getting into that, this kind of like creating more space and kind of getting out of hustle, I call it kind of getting more into the feminine and flow. Do you feel that you become more creative and even more innovative when you hustle less?
1: You know, I've felt it so much about right because we talk like we talk a lot about masculine and feminine energy. And, you know, I've embraced my, like, quote, masculine energy for years, right? Because it's just part of, like, my, it's part of who I am that get things done. However, saying that, I definitely need, and this is that growth. This is the accomplishment, right? Recognizing the accomplishments and, and giving myself space and not having to fill every moment. In fact, when I work with my CEOs, right, one of the things that I have them do is, like, you need CEO time. You need just think time. Yes. Where let me see your schedule. Where do you have free time to literally do nothing? Yes. Think. Like go for a walk and think. Here's another thing. And so they're all like, I don't know what to do. I tried that CEO time, Mary. And I, and I was like, I sat there, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I got I have my pen already in my notebook out. And I'm like, okay, that's not quite what I'm talking about. Let's let's review. And I think that we underestimate the power of our own thoughts. And why is that? Because we have a barrage of stimuli we're marketed to, we're told, not to mention our decades of our own programming from our family and all of these guests. And it hit me like last year, I went away to this incredible spot because like, I'm a, I love a good spot. So I had my podcast already, Have had my notebooks already, and I'm driving. It's five and a half hours away. And I was like, I love the drive. And like an hour and a half in, I was like what in the hell are you doing, Mary? <laughs> People pay me thousands of dollars for my advice and to hear what I have to think. And I was like, I'm so, bi- I, like I had gotten in that busy, like, I, you know, I'm going to learn more. And I'm like, I don't need to learn anymore right now. And right. I turned it off and, and I didn't listen to another thing the whole time. I just wanted to hear what I had to say. So good! I so love this. This
0: is why I told you we're like sisters from another mother. Yeah. I had a four day silent retreat just a couple weeks ago. Yes, and I wasn't allowed to listen to podcasts. I, the only thing I did read was my Joe Dispenza book, which just was guide for me in meditations and visualizations of like the things. Yes. such good advice. Like for you guys who are listening, oh my gosh, so good. Okay, so like my last question on this is. The biggest flop to date. like I know as, you know, entrepreneurs, there's highs and there are lows. And I'm curious, your biggest flop to date and what was a blessing out of it? Like, what did you learn out of it?
1: Oh, my God. Here's the truth. My biggest flop, which wouldn't necessarily from the I'm going to say it like this, the outside looking in, it probably wouldn't look like a flop. It was extraordinarily financially successful. You know, I think there was like two dozen clients, very high ticket mastermind. And so they had successes all of things. So looking in, they had said like here's here's the testimony is like all of that. For me, why I say flop a little bit is because I recognize my actual gift and the what how I love to work is one-on-one. Now, ask me next year. I might change this, right? I'm not gonna deny it, right? Or like short groups. I, well, first of all, I love a VIP day. Like I'm brilliant as a VIP day. I'm just like you know, I'm all there. Bah, 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 bah. What I recognize is that depending on the type of group, right? For me, I, like it, it just it wasn't the same. I wasn't getting the same for me out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I think we all need to actually ask ourselves, like, how do we work best? Yeah. See, it's funny. I'm the complete opposite. I love to
0: work the group. And I, I, you know, I do my one-on-one coaching. I enjoy my one-on-one coaching, but I limit it because I actually, I'm the complete opposite. And it's so important, right, to kind of figure that out and know, like, what gives you energy, right?
1: Yes, 100%. What's a drain? What's not a drain? What What areas are leaking energy from you? You better be aware of that or you're not going to have a sustainable company. Yes, yes, so good.
0: Okay. So one of the things I saw on your website was that you give yourself morning mindset time, which I love, by the way. Um, I'm obsessed with this myself. I with three kids and multiple businesses. like There's no other quiet time. So I'm curious, can we have a peek behind the curtain on what Mary's morning mindset routine looks like?
1: Yes. So many mornings I'll get up early just so I can exercise. So I have a gym downstairs. And You know, pull out an old school just composition notebook, although I've got the iPad and all the things, and asking myself questions. I think that, you know, one of the things that we need to be conscious of is being in a state of curiosity around what we're doing. And so that's one piece of the puzzle is asking myself those questions like, how do I want to show up today? What's my intention today? Or what, like if something happened with my family or what have you, you like really like unpack that. And then I always like my my manifestation or my drawing in or my goal or how I get results, right? I'm also a trained cognitive behavior. So, and the name of my company, by the way, is See the Signs. So it's a double entendre to like cognitive behavior and then kind of some of the woo, right? Like when you have the opportunities in front of you, do you see the signs? And so this is, again, why we need to be quiet sometimes because when we're so busy We're not seeing the opportunities that are literally right in front of us. I could talk about that. So that's one of the things I'm like, and I ask, like, help me see what am I, what am I missing? What am I not seeing? Where's that opportunity? And then it's like, you get these pops like, oh, this person or this person or what have you. And so I'm really speaking also from my evolved self. It's like connecting with the evolved self, that future self. What did she have to say to me? She always knows. Right. She always knows. Yes. And I think this is, you know, and when there's times like the biggest quote flop and it was scary, it was scary to say, I'm going to put down the mastermind for a while. I'm not launching that again. No, I, I, I can change my mind next year because that's because you own your business. I'm tweaking some things. I'm, you know, I, I like to experiment. But it's like being able to be in touch with that part of yourself and recognizing she's like, "What girl, you need to, you love a VIP day. You love high ticket one-on-one where you're just like there and they, they, they have those incredible results too, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I increased my business 450%. Like my clients have those kind of results and I want that. So really that's the morning routine. It's really getting, and what am I going to eat for the day? And then on Sundays, I we, as a family, sit down and review, what's the week look like? What's our daughter River's schedule? Who's doing what, when? And then just reviewing that. Because I don't like to, I'm not one to be taken by surprise. Mm-hmm. And I want to know, okay, today, you know, I, I'm going to take my walk at whatever time today. Like, I think right. it's just one o'clock this afternoon. Like, I've, I want to know what's happening.
0: Oh my gosh. Same here. I schedule my workouts a week in advance. If you could see my little board over here, I have it marked. And I'm saying with you, check my calendar. And I actually obsessively check my calendar every night before the next morning because I'm constantly moving things and prioritizing. If that doesn't need to be a priority anymore, move it out of the way, right? Oh my gosh. Okay, so last couple of questions. What are you reading right now
1: or listening to? Um, You know, it's just like I have so many books all around me right now. One of the things that I'm working on is uh, I have this book right in front of me, Mindful, the Self-Compassion because I'm always looking and I, like, I literally have a stack of books that are typically all around me. And now I'm just like, where there's some downstairs. There is, there's one that i living an examined life by Hollis, James Hollis. Oh, have you heard okay. of James Hollis before? Okay. okay. James Hollis is a Jungian analyst. A what analyst? Jungian, like Carl Jung. So okay. he's, You know, it's the therapist in me. So it's really looking at these deep dive questions, like, what are you here for? Why are you here? What you know? And I could go off on Carl Jung and Joseph Campbell, but that that could be another conversation about how it's really looking at the myths of human beings. And but that's another conversation. So it's different. It's different books like that. I have a a fiction book, which is. Very rare, but I like to read a good novel. And I forget who it is, Patricia Cornwall or something. It's like a psychological murder mystery. I just did the um, Joe Dispenza Supernatural. I just downloaded that. And so I haven't cracked that open yet. Being a pharmacist with a background in clinical research, it
0: took me till this year to like embrace more of like the mindset piece. And I think one of the reasons I gravitate towards Joe so much is because he explains it scientifically. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I understand the energy centers from a scientific standpoint. It was like too woo-woo for me years ago, but I've come to embrace it since like it's totally changed my life. Okay, and another follow-up question of books. I love this question. My audience does too. Because I'm, 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 I'm a bookworm. I'm like you, I've got like six books everywhere, read you. Yeah? I'm reading about how to run right now by Robin Arson too, which has nothing to do with business. But what are like two to three books that you have read? And it may just be one that have been the most impactful to you in your development.
1: So I mean, I read this every year, thinking grow rich, of course. Yes. So, I mean, in fact, I keep thinking, like, I'm going to do a book club with, like, girlfriends, successful girlfriends about that. So, you know, I just really want to do that deeper dive and, like, even, like, a getaway weekend. Like, what are we doing? What are we thinking? Like, all that. I love, love that, of course. So that's one. But when I first started my business years ago, Barbara Staney, and I'm going to actually reach out to her and see if I can get her on my podcast. But anyhow, she has a book called Secrets of the Six-Figure Woman. And this, so this was way back in the beginning when I was, like, $100,000, $100,000, it felt like so big. And of course, today I tell people, 100 grand ain't what it used to be, sister. Okay, 100 grand ain't what it used to be. But I love the stories, right? I, we all want to know, can can I do it? Am I a weirdo and can't do it? Am I going to be the exception that is going to fail? Like, we all want to know that. And what I have found to be true is that all of our stories are similar. We want, you know, we, we're, we don't want to be judged harshly by other people or ourselves you know we we have our stories of childhood that we're bringing in around money success failure etc and so i just love hearing stories mm, that's so good it's a lot to get that we'll get that in the show notes
0: My podcast editor I put that in the show notes and you're writing a book
1: yes online so <clears throat> here's the truth i i Was going to call it, so my branding has, has tweaked a little bit and my podcast is called Lead a Life Uncommon. And it's really about being bold, which is an acronym for being a brave, outgoing leader, deciding, hello, deciding, I'll repeat that because it's that valid and important, deciding to lead a life uncommon, which means like, get out of, you know, as little girls, we didn't wake up one. we weren't like, one day I want to be average. I just want to live a mediocre life. It's all about like uncommon ambition be that person. You want to be that person inside. We mm-hmm. all want that inside. Um, and so it, at first I was going to name it, and I, I went through a bout with this called the regret-proof life. And I like that to a point, but it really didn't encapsulate the truth of leading a life that's uncommon. Regret-proofing, yes, we want to do that, but it, it kind of had a negative vibe. And frankly, it pulled up a lot of like, you know, it can pull up a lot of negativity for people, Yeah. As opposed to my whole construct around business is that you are the leader in your personal life and your business life. And I can tell you exactly what decisions you've made and what commitments you've made by what you're doing today, what's on your calendar, what results that you have in front of you today. The the power in that is that you've created that. And now that means you've had once you recognize that power, then you can truly create what you want to create. Mm -hmm. So powerful. So powerful. So when is your book coming out? I don't know. <laughs> it's on my computer. Here's the thing. I keep going back and forth, too, about self-publishing and, you know, pitching it. And I'm pondering that a little bit more on on the on the pros and the cons.
0: Yep. Yep. No, that makes sense. Makes sense. Well, we'll stay tuned on that. Okay, good. Well, Mary, this has been such a fun interview. Final advice to, you know, again, this podcast is all about Going from burnout to living an all-out life. Yes. Any final advice for really the think sitter who's still working for themselves, miserable looking at their boss and thinking that's my future if I don't do something different? Any any like piece one piece of advice for the person who's thinking about starting that thing you
1: to to just inspire them to move forward? Reverse engineer the thing. Like lay out your worst case scenario. I think that our worst case scenario is still better than we think it is. So, so think about that. But then also give yourself permission to dream big. I ask what, you know, I ask women all the time, like, what do you really want to do? And they're like, I don't know. Like, if you don't know, years are going to go by and then years are going to go by and then years are going to go by. And probably what you don't know is because life has happened. Right and somebody poo-pooed on your dream, or they peed on it, or you like said, "I'm going to do this" or "I'm going to do that," and the people are like, "Oh my god!" And then you got back in the cave because you were like, "Oh my god, I'm going to be abandoned." What like, if all your dreams could really come true? What if your truest desires could come true? Because I believe so strongly that they can. Hmm. Hmm. So, so good. Definitely like both of those things. Worst case scenario, and then it, you know, what. And it. Re- what if? What if it's true that you could do it? I shouldn't be here. I I shouldn't be the success that I am. So I I believe it's possible. Ah, such good advice.
0: Well, awesome. Well, Mary, where can everybody find you? And do you have anything going on right now? Can people reach out to you for coaching? Like, where can they find you? What do you have going on?
1: Yeah. So there's a couple things. Of course, I have my own podcast. Listen to that, lead a life uncommon, lead a life uncommon. But marybicknell.com slash gifts, gifts with an S. So I have there that hidden guide, the guide to your hidden thoughts around money and success. So it's going to walk you through some of your thinking. And also, we didn't talk about this today, but the fear breakthrough formula. Like, how can you break through some of this fear? How can you be aware of this? This is actually one of the things when I feel a little of that fear that I'll do in my morning routine. So both of those. And yes, of course, feel free to reach out to me to uh, if, you're, if you're someone who's successful already and you've hit the wall and you're like, oh, and you, but you know there's something more in you and you really want to see what the hell you're made of, like, I can help you with that. That's awesome. So would you say that you typically work with like high six figure or seven figure? Yeah. Like,
0: okay. All right. Just to pre-qualify that. (laughs) All right. Awesome. This has been so good. You've been so fun. And it's just been great to get to know you, Mary.
1: You too. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye
0: thanks for listening to the burnout to all out podcast for free resources, materials, or information on my coaching services. Go ahead over to live the free that's live the free Life.